This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks, St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. Okay, Genesis 26, verse, uh, verse 18. I want to talk about uh, redigging the wells this morning. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which, which he had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up with the, after the death of Abraham. He called them by name, which his father had called them. Also, Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found a well of running water there. But the brethren of Gerar quarrelled with Isaac's herdsman, saying, The water is ours. So he called the name of the well Isaac, because they quarrelled with him. Then they dug another well, and they carried over the one also. So they called his name Sitna. And he moved from there and dug another well. They did not quarrel over it. I love this name. So he called his name Rehoboth, because he said, For I know the Lord has made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from there to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the God of your father. Abraham, do not fear. I'm with you. I will bless you. I will multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. Father, we just thank you. Your word is just so awesome. And we pray today, just speak your word to our hearts today. Make it real. Make it alive in every heart, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I just want to talk about this concept, really, of, of re-digging a well. In other words, removing the things that cover up the living water that God has put within us. I use this word, I, I like this word, I call it the law of displacement. The law of displacement. In other words, that, that there are often things in our life that we need to remove in order to allow the Holy Spirit to kind of flow out of us. The Lord has to take out of us what shouldn't be there so he can allow what's already there to flow out of us. This picture, this law of displacement, God removing in us, allowing all the hindrances, all the barriers to be removed out of our life so God can come and God can flow. That's what it's about, really. That's what I want to just think about this one. The things that, that hinder, the, the barriers, the walls that we need to allow to come down to allow God to flow out of us. You know, I think one of the, one of the definitions of this is, is I call it, it's, it's almost spiritual dehydration. Spiritual dehydration. In other words, our wells are dry, and because our wells are dry, we become spiritually dehydrated. And when we become spiritually dry, when we become spiritually dehydrated, we become prone to, to dejection and repression, depression and despondency. And all these negative things often are there because our wells are so blocked up and our wells are so dry. And God today is saying, come on, unblock the wells. 
Remove all the wars, all the barriers and let my life-giving spirit begin to flow out of you. Amen. And what we're talking about is that really dig in deep to activate what Jesus gave us. I think Jesus has provided everything we need in order to win in life. And Jesus is saying the same spirit that gave him the victory, the same spirit that, that, that enabled him to defeat every single thing, is the same spirit he's put in us and he wants to allow that spirit to rise up from within us. Jesus says, out of your innermost, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink and out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I want you to get that concept because a river will flow naturally. You can't stop a river from flowing naturally. All that you can do is put a hindrance there. All you do is put a barrier there. Or you put a wall there to stop the river flowing. But normally the river flows naturally. And that's what Jesus is saying. He said, I put a river in you. All you need to do is let that river flow. Don't hinder me. Don't block me. best term I use is just kind of get out of the way. Let all the barriers come down. Let all the wars come down. And just let the Spirit flow. That's all we've got to do. It's allowing all the hindrances that so easy we let come into our lives to be broken down. And if those hindrances are removed, just as out of your innermost being, are going to flow rivers of living water because that is naturally how a river flows. It just flows. All that needs to happen is a hindrance and a barrier will stop it flowing. And naturally, as believers, the natural thing is for the river to flow. All we've got to do is let the barriers and the walls come down and let him flow out of us naturally. You can say, Amen. Let the river flow. Remove the walls, remove the barriers, and let the spirits flow. You know, sometimes we're often praying for more of God, which is awesome, which is great. But really, in reality, what we need to do is just release what we already have. Just release what God has already put in us. Just remove what is blocking that well. Just remove what's blocking it and the river will amazingly flow. This story is really about something that's so real. What good is a well that is stopped up and dry? A stopped-up well is no good until it's cleaned out and redug. Because the point is this one, that God says, I want you to be my channels. We're God's channels. We're God's channels of his love. We're God's channels of his power. We're God's channels of his peace. We're God's channels of his, of his, of his life flowing through us. We're his channels. And so the real goal is, is to allow God to flow through us to be his channels. Now often... I found this, that God really is not necessarily looking for great ability or great talents. He's just simply looking for availability. And if we would just make ourselves available, we would just open our hearts to him, we would just let all the barriers come down, you'll be amazed what God could do with you. And I think God's just looking for channels. He's just looking for channels that he can flow through. People who are vessels who are open enough to allow him to flow through them. Out of your innermost being will flow the most incredible, awesome thing if we would just be available and just be those channels 
that he can work, that he can move, that he can do the amazing things that he wants to do in our life. You know what? You'll be so amazed when you unblock and remove those hindrances. You'll be amazed what God can do with your life. Ever looked at your own life and maybe looked at some barriers and walls? Ask yourself this question. How different would my life be if those barriers weren't there? How different would my life be if that issue in my life wasn't there? How different would my life be if that wall in my life wasn't there? How different would I be? I think if those wars and all those hindrances came down, we'd just be amazed what God would do with us. Because God's not saying, I'm, I'm looking for your ability or I'm looking for your talent. So I'm just looking for your availability. And if you'd make yourself available to me, you'd be amazed what I could do with your life. Let's look at this story. Let's look at some of the, I think, some of the hindrances that can just kind of cause that well to, to be stopped up and, and broken. Here's the first thing you notice in this story. Is the reason why that well was dried up we're told is because of the envy. They were envious of Isaac. They were envious of his ability to open up wells. I mean, let me define what envy is. Envy is a feeling of displeasure caused by the advantage and the blessing of others. In other words, when you see somebody else blessed, when someone comes to you and says, oh, have you seen how God has blessed me? And you go... <laughs> I'm so glad for you, but deep inside there's that kind of thing rising up in you. Isn't it incredible that often we can be jealous, envious of other people's blessings? Why hasn't God blessed me like he has blessed them? So we begin to be envious of other people's blessings. I've been praying for that. Why didn't God do that for me? And it's amazing that envy can rise up in you. I think another way of envy is we can even be envious of other people's gifts and abilities. So most we say, why can't I have that person's gifts, that person's abilities, that person's personality? Why am I like I am? And often we can be almost feel an envy rise in us. I just want to say to you this morning, just be happy and content with who God has made you. I think the greatest way to an open well is just to be happy with what God's done in your life. Just to be thrilled with what he's given to you. The happiest people I know are people who are happy with who they are. They're not trying to be anybody else. They're not kind of envious of anybody else. They're just happy with who God has created them to be. They're just happy the way God has made them. And that's the true way to live in true happiness. If you're always wanting to be somebody else, if you're always wanting to be like somebody else, if you're always wanting what somebody else has got, you always have a blocked well. The Bible says of Joseph, his brothers cast him into a pit out of envy. They were, their envy was actually rooted in inferiority. He had the coat... He seemed to have the blessing and they felt, if you like, inferior to him. And out of their inferiority, there came a envy. And out of the envy came this kind of jealous reaction. It was all rooted in this sense of not being content with who God had called them to be. 
not being content with God's purpose for their life. And there's something about coming to a place in life and saying, God, thank you, you've got a purpose for me. Thank you, God, you've given me abilities. You've given me gifts. And I'm just secure in who you've made me. Because often if we're never secure in who God has made us, we'll always be struggling with insecurity. And out of the insecurity will come envy. Out of the envy will become jealousy. And before you know where you are, your well's blocked. Amen? There's something else that kind of caused this kind of well to be blocked. And you go down in verse 20 of this verse and you just see this word. It happens quite a lot. It says they quarrelled. Some translations say they contended. You know what you'll find sometimes? That when God's moving in your life and God wants to flow in your life, there, there rises up contention. Certain things contend the blocking of the well. Certain things seem to contend with that. You think of the things that kind of contend with a block well. Those things that rise up in us and kind of contend with the well. I think your past can contend with your well. You see your disappointments. You see your failures. You see those things that happen that you regret in life. And the danger is that the things of the past cause condemnation to rise up in us. And when there's condemnation in our heart, it becomes a barrier to the well. And your past will contend with your well. And so we've got to come to a point where we lay aside our past, we lay aside the guilt, we lay aside, we deal with the condemnation, we get that out of our hearts, because as long as our hearts are full of condemnation and guilt, there'll never be an open well. And your past will contend with your open well. You know what else will contend with your well? Your mindsets. How you think. Negative mindsets hinder the flow of the Spirit. You know what I mean by that? Jesus said you can't put new wine into old wineskins. What are old wineskins? They are old ways of thinking. Old thinking patterns. In other words, God begins to work in you and you try to reason it out, you try to work it out. You try to, you judge it by the way your mind thinks. And often, I think the way often our old mindsets can be incredible hindrances to what God wants to do. That's the why the Bible says it. If we're willing to come into all the fullness of what God has for us, we've got to renew our minds. We've got to renew the way we think. And that is a continual progressive thing because the negative things that come into our minds block the flow of the Spirit. God wants to move in a certain way, but the way you're thinking is blocking what God wants to do. Your old ways of thinking, your old thinking patterns. Some of those things have been the greatest hindrances to revival throughout the centuries. God has moved. God has wanted to do amazing things. But because of people's religious mindsets, it's often blocked and hindered the flow of the Spirit. Can you say amen? I'll tell you what else contends with the flow, with the open well. Your flesh. Your flesh. In other words, that this desires, things of the flesh hinder the work of the Spirit. In fact, the Bible says that the, 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 the flesh opposes the Spirit and the Spirit opposes the flesh. And the Bible says, don't give way to the dictates of the flesh. Don't allow the flesh to dictate to your life. Your flesh doesn't want to worship. Your flesh doesn't want to praise. Your flesh doesn't want to pray. Your flesh doesn't want to spend time in the Word. Your flesh doesn't want to love people. Your flesh doesn't want to forgive people. Your flesh wants to hold on to all kinds of things in their life. 
And the Bible says sometimes, if we continually give way to what our flesh is telling us to do, the flesh then begins to control us and dictate to us. In fact, the Bible has two definitions of a Christian. There are those who are spiritually minded and those who the Bible say are carnally minded. A carnal minded person is someone who is controlled by the dictations and the things of the flesh. The flesh rules them. They do whatever their flesh tells them to do. They're constantly giving way to the dictates of the flesh. Sometimes, I mean, you realise being a Christian, sometimes demands sacrifice. And our flesh doesn't want to sacrifice, is that right? Our flesh wants things comfortable. Our flesh things wants things easy. But if we're to really have open wells, we've got to realise your flesh will contend with the flow of the Spirit. So let's say today, I'm just going to yield to the Spirit. I'm not going to continually be yielding to the dictates and the ways of the flesh. Because those things always contend with the things of the Spirit. Proverbs 13.10 says this, The contention comes through pride. That's a big one. You know, I think one of the things that blocks wells more than anything I know is pride. It's pride. Trouble with pride, it's very hard to recognise pride. We often very easily see it in others, but it's often hard to see in ourselves because it covers itself up in many ways. But pride is incredible. You know what I mean? For in your spirit, that God may say, I want you to worship me. But you know what? Your pride says, I don't want to look silly in front of people. Your flesh will say, go and witness to someone. And you're saying, oh, I, you know, pride will say, well, you know, what if they reject what I say? And so often, it's our pride that gets in the way from allowing God to work in us. Pride in itself, really, is self-exaltation. Pride is self-dependence. Pride is self-reliance. And pride will always close a well. The good news is, humility will always open a well. You know what humility is? In essence, it's purely self, it's dependence on Jesus. Humility is wanting to exalt Jesus all the time. And the moment we live that kind of life that, that becomes so dependent on God that is continually wanting to exalt Jesus, then the well becomes open. Because as pride closes the well, I guarantee when you humble yourself, it will open a well. I think humility is such a powerful quality. Such an awesome thing that, that enables God because it's that humility of spirit that Opens a well for God. To, I think God responds to humility. In fact, that's what the Bible says. That he, he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to what? To the humble. So that's an amazing condition of heart to have. That humility, that reliance on Jesus, that, that willingness to, to do everything he tells us to do because we're reliant on him. And we're not afraid of... of even what people will think about us, because our whole golden life is to see Jesus exalted. Can you say amen? So those are things that, that we're told there that kind of close the well down. It's interesting. I always thought this kind of struck me as I thought about this that it was when the well opened that suddenly contention arose. Have you found this? Suddenly you're moving with God and suddenly everything rises up against you. Have you ever noticed that? 
just when you, you know, everything was kind of, when you weren't really that on fire, if you like, it wasn't so bad. But the moment you go for God, the moment you, you, you come into a fresh move of God, it's amazing how things rise up to the surface. Have you noticed that? Because sometimes things that lie dormant in us can lie there for a time. But the moment God begins to work in us, all those dormant things, those things below the surface, begin to rise up. And we suddenly find there were attitudes there that we didn't know were there. There were responses in us that we didn't even know were there. Because as the river began to stir in us, it brought to the surface the things that we were so unaware of. And suddenly there arose these contentive things inside us. That's why when revival comes, there always is a mess. Because things below the surface seem to rise to the surface. And in some ways, when those things rise up, that's not a bad sign, it's a good sign. In fact, a great sign is when those things have been stirred up in you. It's a sign that as the contentions are rising up, God is truly working in your life. Please say amen. Now, quickly move on to the next one, because the next place they come to is a place called Sitna. And that means bitterness. That means strife. If we allow that kind of stuff in our life, it will always block a well. Where there's strife, there, where there's bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, those are incredible barriers that will always block our wells up. Next thing that happens, which is, I think is beautiful, verse 22, we are told they come to a place called Rehoboth. And that means spacious. That's a place where we say, God, I'm making room for you. I'm not going to allow anything else to capture the affections of my heart. I'm letting you be God. I'm laying down my agendas, I'm laying down what I want to do, and I'm saying, God, you be God in my life. Just be God. I want to make room for you. I want to get out all, those st- all that stuff in me that's not honouring to you. I just want to get rid of all that stuff and I want, want to make room for you to work. Rehoboth. Making room for God. And look what happens here. The interesting thing is, the word Isaac, who opened the wells, means laughter. How many love that? Joy. You can't tell me you've got a full joy, you've got a full well, there's no joy in your heart. The true evidence of a full well is joy. Joy in fullness. Why is that? Because God is a God of joy. Is that right? God is a God of joy. The Bible says, in his presence there is fullness of joy. You can't be in God's presence to be miserable, is that right? You don't... You know, when you go to God, you don't don't come before a miserable God, you come before a joyful God. He's a God of incredible joy. And so, if he's a God of joy, when he's filling you, what do you think the result of your life will be? Joy. Have you noticed something that when you lose that connection with God, you begin to lose your joy? It's almost, God, I want to be around, I want to be like you, and you're the most happiest person I know. How many realise that? That God is the happiest, most joyful person you could ever know. 
And the more I become like him, the more joyful I become because he's joyful and he's happy. Amen? Why is that? Because God is always in a good mood because God is always good. And so that's got to kind of work in me. Open wells will always mean a life full of joy. You know what the most most repeated word in the book of Acts is, really? It's the word joy. You'll see the word joy time and time again. Great joy came upon them. What's that? As the acts of the Holy Spirit flow, the result is joy. It's joy. Joy of the Holy Spirit that flows as we open the wells of God. The joy of the Lord is what your strength, is that right? Jesus prayed this in John 17. He said, I desire that you would have fullness of joy. He wants you to experience such a tremendous release of joy in your life. I've often thought about this because joy is the evidence of a full well, is that right? No joy is a lack of an empty well or a dry well. So here's the picture. You get your bucket, you lay your bucket to go down and you pull up joy. What happens if your well's empty? Here's what the result is. We've got no inner resources to draw on. We haven't got the strength to face that circumstance that seems so overwhelming. We haven't got strength to find that situation that's risen up. But joy gives you the strength. I believe with all my heart that a joyful person can face anything in life. There's nothing that a joyful person can't face in life. But when you lose your joy, you lose your strength, and you haven't got the ability to come through the circumstance of life. There's nothing to draw on. Your well's empty, your well's dry. You've got nothing, you've got no inner resources to draw on. So the things of life overwhelm you. But when your, your well is full, and you face a challenge, you can drop your bucket and pull up those resources. And you can face that overwhelming circumstance, you can face that situation in life, because the joy of, notice this, it's the joy of the Lord is your strength. It's what empowers you. It's what helps you face the challenges of life. No joy, no strength, lots of joy, lots of strength. Amen? Now, let me just kind of land this thing, if we'll put it that way. How do we open wells? Let me quickly go on to this. How, how do we kind of open wells? Here's the first thing, very quickly. Isaac opened wells because he had faith in God, not in the wells themselves. He had faith in God, not faith in the blessing. I think sometimes it can happen. We, we can be so focused on what brought the blessing, we lose sight of God. How many times have you seen God bless someone? And the blessing begins to overtake God themselves. We seek the blesser and get blessed we don't seek the blessing. We don't seek the hand, we seek the face. As we seek the face, we discover the hand. As we seek the blesser, the blessing comes. But it's so easy that we get so overwhelmed by the blessing, we lose sight of the blesser. Isaac realised that the key was not seeking the wells themselves, the key was seeking God. And as long as he sought God, the wells will be opened. And that's true of us. We don't seek the kind of the, the blessing of that. As we seek God Himself, then the natural reaction is, is wells begin to open in our life. So our faith is in the, 
in God, not in the wells themselves. You see that? Now, look at this one here as well. I think the important thing is, in a sense, I said about not looking back, but there's one, there's some ways we need to look back. Because let me ask you this question. If your well has become dried, what caused it to dry? Sometimes we've got to say, what caused my well to dry? Was there some act of disobedience? Was there some unforgiveness in my heart? What actually caused my well to dry? And sometimes we need to ask God to show us, is there some unconfessed sin in my life? Is there something in me that I've not dealt with or addressed, something that I've, some way I've grieved the Holy Spirit and it caused my well to dry? Sometimes we need to ask God, God, what caused that well to dry? Third and final thing about wells is this. The thing about a well is always takes effort to dig it. Is that right? takes effort to dig it. You'll find in the Christian life, there's always your part and God's part. You do your part and God will always do his part. And I was just thinking, some of the wells that maybe we need to redig in our lives, maybe there's wells of repentance in us that we need to redig again. Things that really we've not really dealt with, things we've not really put right with God. We're in Wales for a few years. And there's four elements of the Welsh revival. Four things that caused an incredible well in Wales to be so opened up, the whole nation changed. Do you realise the Welsh revival changed the whole nation? In one moment, that whole nation was changed. But there's four things they did to open that well up, and I wrote them down, the four things they did, which is connected to digging the well of repentance. You know what they did? There's the things they did. They said, we are going to confess all known sin. Second thing we're going to do is we're going to search out all secret and doubtful, doubtful things. The third thing we're going to do is confess the Lord Jesus openly. And the fourth thing we're going to do is fully obey the Holy Spirit. As they began to put those four elements into place, God opened a well that changed the nation, that actually changed the world, because that revival went throughout the whole world. All because they opened a well. All because it was a well of repentance that so opened up, it touched the whole world. I'm just wondering, can you imagine if we put those four elements into our individual lives to corporately we did that? Can you imagine what would happen? Amen? Open the wells. Another well, I think, is, is the well of Surrender. In other words, uh, we surrender to what God wants to do in our life. We surrender those things that God is calling us to do, but in our hearts we struggle with it. Maybe things that, that we want to do, but we know it's not God's will for our life. But we're saying, Lord, I surrender. We surrender our unbelief. We, we surrender our insecurities. We struggle those, we, we surrender those things we struggle with. We just come to a point and say, God, I'm surrendering. Now, here's the way to get hold of. The moment you come to a point where you no longer follow the principle of surrender, you'll always block the Spirit. Because it's a continual lifestyle. That each day you are continually surrendering to God's will for your life. 
I always wonder, what was the key to the Apostle Paul's great power and anointing? And I discovered it just in what, three words, three or four words he says in Corinthians. This is what he said. He says, I die daily. Isn't that powerful? Every day I have a choice. I can either do my thing, go my way, but every day I choose to surrender to God. And the moment that principle is no longer working in me, my well becomes blocked. Every day I redig the well of surrender. I say, God, have your way in my life. Sometimes the choices are not always the easiest thing in life, but if we always choose God's way and we continually follow a principle of surrender, then we'll always have an open well. You know what John the Baptist said? He says, I must decrease and he must increase. There's that principle there. There's a principle that as I surrender, I never lose. I always gain. I always gain God. Because Paul, because John the Baptist is declaring, as I've learned to decrease, then Jesus becomes to increase. So let's take it the other way around. If I increase, then that mean, must mean that Jesus decreases. Is that right? So the more I decrease, the more he increases. But the more I increase the less he increases. So there has to be a continual work in my life of saying, God, I continually surrender. Each day there's struggles, each day there's choices. But each day we go say, God, I want to open one. You know what the Bible says? Guard your heart above all things. Why? Because your heart is what? It's a wellspring of life. I've got to guard it. I've got to say, you know what? I'm not going to allow that bitterness into my heart. You know why? I choose not to allow it in my heart because I don't want to block my well. I'm going to forgive because I want my well to be open. I'm not going to allow that disobedience in my heart because I don't want my well to become clogged up and blocked. So each day, I'm not allowing anything into my heart. I guard it. I don't let anything in it that will block the well because I want a continual open well for him to flow through. So he increases and I begin to uh, decrease. Let me close with this. If you go down to, I think it's, it's the, it's verse, verse 32. There's an interesting term here. So it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him about the well which they had dug and said to him, We have found water. So we called it Sheba. Therefore the name of the city this day is called Bersheba. You know the word Sheba means? It actually means the well of seven. That's what it means, the well of seven. Sheba, the well of seven. Seven, if you like, in the Bible is, is always the number of completion. And I was thinking there's something significant about that for us. And there's a significance of it. That what God wants for us is fullness. That's completeness. The real complete Christian life really is a life of fullness. And that was Paul's prayer for the church. He said, I pray that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. So here's the goal. The goal is for us individually to have 
continual open wells. So we are people of fullness, okay? So if we're like that individually, then we want to become like that corporately. And that's Paul's prayer. So I'm praying that you corporately as a body of people will be filled with all the fullness of God. But how can I have the fullness of God if my well's dry? That means I've got to keep my well open. And the more I keep my well open, the more I will come into God's destiny for my life and the destiny for the church, which is fullness. Fullness of God. Really, that's what the, that's what the world's looking for. They're not looking for another program. They're not looking for another method. They're looking for a church that has fullness. And when a church has fullness, it will become a church that is wonderfully and powerfully attractive. Because it's a church that has fullness of love. It's a church that has fullness of joy. It's a church that has fullness of peace. And that ultimately is what's going to impact our broken world. Is that right? So Paul prays, I pray that you would have such an open well in your life that you would be filled in all the fullness of God. That all the walls are down, all the barriers are down, you're open. Amen? Let's just come before him right now. Let's open our hearts right now in just these moments and say, Lord, today, that's what I long for in my life. Just to have that fullness. Just to have those open wells. And maybe you're right here this morning. You're just so aware of, of blockages in that well today. Things that you know are blocking the well. Things that you know are hindering that well. And you're, you're crying out, God, I want an open well today. Let all those walls come down. Let all those barriers come down. Those things that block the well. Those attitudes. Those things that lie in the depth of your heart. That maybe even now the Spirit of the living God's putting his finger on. And he's saying, Lord, that's been a blockage to you. And right now, I yield that to you. I surrender that to you right now. Because the desire of my heart is I would have an open well. Just been a few moments. Let the Holy Spirit calm me. Because I think it's the most, the most exciting life on the face of this earth is a life of fullness. Because without a full well, we struggle and strive. We come to a place of performance-based Christianity. But you're doing it in your own energy, your own power, your own flesh. And it really, really doesn't bring much glory to God. So you're saying to God, I'm so sorry that I've been so striving, so struggling to live this life. You know, not one of us can live the Christian life in our own power and our own ability. That's why God sent the Holy Spirit, is that right? And he wants to come in fullness. To cause you to be a well, not just for you, but for others to come and drink from your well. They want to drink of your joy, they want to drink of your peace, they want to drink of your love. If your well is dry, what have you got to offer them? The world's depressed as there is, they don't need any more depression. They don't need any more miserableness. They don't need any more of flesh negative things but what they do yearn for is the well of life that Jesus says I'm putting in you out of your inmost field flow well, Father I pray right now we want to unblock our wells today God we want every wall, every barrier everything that blocks the well to come down we want to offer the world the joy that you give to us, the peace and the love God that you've poured into our hearts 
Let the walls come down. Let the barriers come down in every heart and every life. Thank you for listening to this free download from Divine Sedum Church. For more downloads or to contact us, please visit our website at divinecedum.co.uk.